Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Gimel in Maseches Chagiga. It's Rosh Chodesh, take two of other bays, and so we're going to, we fell a little bit behind, we have less time than usual. 17 lines down on Chaf Bays, Amud Bays. The truth is, Barry, that Daf Chaf Gimel gets a little bit easier, but we got into some heavy-duty details on Daf Chaf Bays, and I want to recap, because uh, I don't normally do this, but Bishum Eva, we spoke yesterday of Eva, right, that we... Um, bend or misrepresent, I don't know how to say this, the kashras rules, in order to keep the peace between the different factions of the Haverim and the Amaratim. Um, so when the rest of the shul comes in, at the end of our daf, I was p- painting it in a very, uh, in a very nice bin, Arum Lechavera light, but it's not 100% accurate. Let me, uh, now that, you know, it's really just us, and it's neither night or day, Bechadre Chadarim, let me tell you the real scoop, okay, real quick, because uh, we're in the middle of it now, and that is as follows. Here's the bottom line. We viewed the earthenware vessels of the Amaratzim as being Tame. Okay, when I say we, I mean, you know, the Chaverim, the Prushim, okay. The Badats, we'll call it, viewed the Kalim of the Amaratzim as being Tame. As such, uh, Kli that's Tame is not Chotzeitz. Does not, right? It allows tuma to penetrate, okay? And therefore, both the food and the forks inside such a kli, right? The kalim and the food inside such a kli would, in fact, become tame. This is what Beit Shammai's Talmud was walking his, right, uh, skeptical um, Beit Hillel partner, so to speak, through. We couldn't believe the psak. What was the psak that we couldn't believe? That the, that the chaver was telling the Amaretz, that his food is Tahor, but his Kalim are Tameh. In other words, the Chavar was telling the Amaretz, if your Kli is Tameh, then your food is Tahor, and your Kli is Tameh. The Basila was saying, this makes no sense at all. How, how can you split the baby? I don't understand. It's either Tameh or not. So we, say, so we pulled him aside, and we said, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all Tameh. We believe the food, the forks, it's all tummy. The only reason, here's where the cynicism comes in, Barry, and I'm sorry for this. The only reason we're telling the Amaretz that the, that the food is Tahar is because if we told him the food was tummy, because then he would have no recourse. You see, when the Kalim are tummy, all you have to do is, is toivel them in the mikvah. But with the Kli Cheres and food is tummy, you have no recourse. And therefore, the, he would not believe you. He would be angry with you. And he would just go find like another, you know, rabbi or another, so to speak, right? He would just go off the derech, okay? And therefore, I don't know how to say this, but we misrepresent, right, the status of the food. We actually tell him that his food that he's going to eat anyway is kosher, like way more kosher than it is, so that what? So that he will divulge the true status of the forks. That's the whole reason. And why are we telling him that? Because we need to know the status of the forks. Because guess what? In that culture, the Amearetz and the Chaverim shared utensils sometimes. They would borrow, right? So a Chaver, if he's borrowing a fork from an Amearetz, he wants to know the status of the fork. So in order to divulge the true status of the fork, he's going to tell the Amearetz, oh yeah, even if you didn't dunk it, your food's kosher, that's fine. I just want to know... Um, because, and the reason he's telling him that is because he wants to know the true status of the fork, even though in his heart of hearts, 
Again, the Chaver believes that the Ama Aretz's food is Chazar Treif. You understand? But he's telling him that it's kosher in order to find out the status of the fork. And now you know the rest of the story. Okay? So now, 17 lines down, the Gemara asks, Katani Mia, Lachavelo. Well, where did all this leave us? We see Lachavelo. What does that mean? Lachavelo was the statement we were making before of Beit where he was saying that we are borrowing utensils from each other. L'cha velo, meaning the status of a kli affects both the chaver and the ama'aretz. Why is that significant? Because, let's take it back. The reason why we have a, a difference, as our Mishnah discusses, with, between truma and hekdesh, is because we said we don't want, remember we had a machlokas, we don't want the ama'aretz to see the chaver, right? We don't want the ama'aretz to think that you could dunk the kli and it's going to be effective. That you could dunk kli betoch kli. So we said, again, the halacha of the Mishnah was, kli betoch kli, that you, when you go to the kalim, where you have kalim instead of, uh, inside of kalim, that works for truma, and it does not work for hektish. And we said the reason it does not work for hektish is we don't want them to get the wrong idea. We said, well, wait a minute. They, for truma, they also won't get the wrong idea. So we said, well, with truma, they, they don't interact as much because... Mati the cab driver could go to his own friend. Truma is more like daily life and the, the Haredim and the Chilonim don't interact that much in daily life. But Hekdesh, it's like when the secular come to shul, so to speak, the shul being the base of Mikdash, and there, because they interact, there's Eva. So where do we leave us stuff now? That even with true mother's Eva, because after all, there's more interaction and intermingling between Mati the cab driver and Mary Arnold than we thought. Between Javier and Amay Aretz, even with regards to Truma, we see that they're borrowing each other's Kalim. And thus the question becomes, should, it, should we not be as careful with Truma as we are with Hekdesh? Because after all, there is as much interaction with Truma as there is with Hekdesh. And therefore, if why are we allowing Tvilas Kli, Betoch Kli for Truma? After all, we have the same concern with Truma as we do with Hekdesh. So why is there a Shita that splits, the, the, that makes a distinction between the Tevilas Kli B'toch Kli with Truma and Tevilas Kli B'toch Kli with Hekdesh? Now we're caught up, Barry. So, says the Gemara, Al-Mashalinaminau, right? When it says L'chavelo, we see that, in fact, we borrow from each other. So, therefore, there is an interaction between the Amaretz and the Chavar. So the Gemara answers, Kishalinaminau, well, yeah, whenever we borrow, right? So when the Haredi is borrowing from a secular, you think he's just like eating it straight up? No, he's going to be toivel it, of course. He, he borrows it and then he just toivel it. And so therefore, it doesn't, well, so therefore what? So it's Yeah, if that's the truth, so then why are we talking about, you know, we had the Talmud of Beit Shammai pulled, pull the Talmud of Basil aside and explain the whole logic of Beit Shammai, of why we're basically misrepresenting things and telling them that the food is tahar and the kli is, and the kli is tameh, because we're going through this whole uh, rigmarole in order to what? To get the truth about the kli. Well, why does the truth about the kli matter? If as soon as you borrow the kli, you are toivalid anyway. <laughs> Basil could have said, are you kidding me? You're going through all this just to find out the tumma status of the kli? As soon as you take it, you're toiling it. So why are you going through all this? Says the Gemara. Yeah, well, there is a concern because maybe there's a Tmei Mace. We need to find out the status of the Tumah, 
of the item because if it's tmei meis, then yeah, then then we're probably not going to borrow it because that means that you need hazah, as we know. The the pr- procedure for overcoming tmei meis means that you have to be toivel on the third day and then the seventh day. Then you have to do hazah. The, the, we're not going to borrow this kli if it's going to require that procedure. The, we'll go to the next guy who has a different level of tumah on their <coughs> on their um, kli. Okay. So now the Gemara asks about Mahemni. Is it true altogether that we don't trust the Amaritz with regards to saying Tvila, like we just said earlier? We said that the Amaritz are believed with regards to the Tvila. Yeah, when an Amaritz says that I went to the mikvah and I was Tomei Mace and I went to the mikvah to dunk in order for me, myself to be Tar, we believe him. But Kalim, no. That's one possibility. And that's what we mean when we say we don't trust him with the kalim, even though we do trust him with tevila of his body. The other possible answer, Rava Amar, that no, that the two cases have to do with kalim, but sometimes we believe him, sometimes we don't believe him when it comes to kalim. What's the, what's the pshat as follows? Okay. Here's going to say it outside. We believe the Amayarit said they don't lie. Mati is never, Mati takes this stuff seriously. He's never going to lie to you about whether he was Tovil or not. What he lacks, however, Andrew, is the expertise. Because he's not going, right, to Halachashir every night. He's more of like, go by the gut. He's more of like an idea, sort of like feel guy, a tradition guy. So he doesn't have the details down. So if he tells you he dunked it, he dunked it. But he doesn't, if he tells you he dunked it in a cleat that has the aperture that's wide enough, like a Snapple bottle versus like a two liter bottle that's narrower, we don't trust that he has the expertise to know the difference in terms of the width because he's not a detail guy. He's more of an, he's more of like a feel tradition guy. So that's what we're reading inside. It says, Rav Amar, If he says, listen, I never toivelt kalim inside a kalim. You believe him, right? He's a traditional guy. He's more serious about that stuff than maybe you are because you're so smart, Andrew. You know all the details. So you're going you're gonna to know every workaround. You're going to use your lift and cut uh, shaver because uh, Rabbi Willick says it's okay. Well, he, he doesn't use a shaver altogether. You know what I'm saying. Okay. Right? And the second case is what I just said now that I hit balti. Of course, I did klibatoch kli. But the kli that I was toivel in was what? Was wide enough. Well, that we don't believe in. Why? Because we don't believe that he understands necessarily um, what wide enough is, right? So that is possibly the case. And then that distinction that we just said is supported in another context where we see that they are believed in terms of their neamanos, but not so much in terms of their expertise as follows. Says the Gemara Vatanya, Neman Hamaaretz Lomar Peros Lohuchshuru, right? We're going to believe Amaretz to say, yeah, 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 these were dry, right? Because we see the Zayn Mashkim have to be on top of the fruit in order for them to become Mukshala Kabatuma. So he says, these were always dry, we believe him, because again, he's a truth teller. Right? But he's not believed to say that they became susceptible, but didn't actually contact, right, contract Tuma. Why? Because those details are a little bit more uh, involved. You have to know the halachas of once you're mukshar, of how you are and aren't makabal tumah, 
than that, he wasn't paying attention to those details as much, and therefore that is consistent with the second shot of Rava of the Kalim, where we believe, again, that the Amaretz, we believe that he's telling the truth, but the reason why we can't totally know what happened with this Kli, and therefore have to be toivalit, is because we don't know that he knows the real halachas of the details, and therefore we have to treat the Caleb as if they are Tame. Wow. Okay. Now, by the way, that implies that he's believed to say that he was Toivel. The Gemara is not so sure. Va'gufo mi mehemon? Going back to that, do we really believe him, the Amarats, when he says that he was Toivel? Va'atanya, chavishabar lahazos. Uh-oh. So, a chavar is coming, he was Tmeimeis, he went through the process of purification. He went through the third day. He went through the seventh day. Now he's at end stage. He's coming to get purified with the sprinkling of the Paraduma waters. So, Mazin Alav Miyad. So right away, we, he says, we say, so you're ready? You're ready, for the, you're ready for the sprinkling? Yes, I am. I did all the procedure. So Andrew shows up. Three toppers and asking questions. He's sprinkling the Mechatas on him right away. And boom, he's, he's Tahar. However, Amaret Shabala Hazos, if you have an Amaret's coming, so Ain Mazin Alav Achi Yeah, we, we have to supervise him doing the procedure of the dunking of the three, third and seventh day. Because after all, we don't, we're not sure that he did it properly because we don't think he knows the details. What do we see from here? That even Begufo, we don't believe him. Well, that's not 100% true. Says the Gemara. Yeah. We, we are machmir, right, um, on him in the beginning. Like we show him that we mean business, right? Mati is showing up and we make the poor guy dunk and start all over, dunk in front of us. And we say, yeah, let, let's see you do the third day. Let's see you do the seventh day. Well, guess what? Once he knows we mean business and then after that we sprinkle on him the meparaduma, that subsequent final dunking that he does afterwards, that we could believe him and trust him that he does, right? Because it's really just all the procedures in the beginning we weren't sure if he really knew what was going on and if he took it seriously. But now that he's gone this far, of course he's going to dunk for real. Why would he go through all of that just to not dunk at the end? That doesn't make any sense. And therefore, we allow him to dunk then. Okay. All right. Whew, Andrew, we got through the really tough stuff. Now we're in the two dots, five, eight lines up from the wide on Chafbezim and Bez. And now we're ready to put on the afterburners in describing our mission. So our mission said, one of the other stringencies of Kodesh versus Truma is that every part of the utensil, the Acharaim and the Toch, become Tameh. If one part becomes Tameh, the other one does with regards to Hektish. With regards to Truma, whichever part is Tameh remains Tameh, but the other part you can actually still use as if it's Tahar. Now, Acharaim Toch is an interesting, ter- interesting terminology. That's what the Gemara is hitting up right now. My Acharaim Toch, what does it mean? Kiditznan. There's a Mishnah in Kalim that says, Klishanit Bimashkin. That's if you have a Kli. The Achorav became Tame with liquid. So we're going to see what does Achorav mean in Kalim? It means the outside. That's all. All we're doing here, Andrew, is explaining that Achorayim Vatoch means outside and inside. But we're using a different context to demonstrate that. So Achorav Tameim, Tocho Ogno Ozno Vyadav Tahorn. So from context, we see that Achorav Tameim means the outside is Tame. Then the inside, the rim, the ear, the handles, everything else becomes Tahor. Nitma Tocho. But again, if the inside becomes Tame, Kulo Tame. The entire Kli is Tame. Well, be that as it may, in the context of that mission, Kalim, we see that Acharav means what? Outside. So if anybody ever asks you, Andrew, that means outside. 
Uveis Hatzvisa. What does Beis Hatzvisa mean? Again, a terminology issue. My Beis Hatzvisa, ask the Gemara, Amar Yudam Shmuel, Makam Shetzovso. That's where you hand it to one another. Vechenu Omer, Vayitzbat La Kali. You want to guess where that is, Barry? That is in Rus. It's a curveball. We haven't had Rus in a while. Okay. So, right, it means he handed her parched grain, right? Now you know that, now it feels more like Rus. So, Vayitzbat, it's an interesting Lashon. We use the word etzba. Does that relate? I don't know. Anyway, Beis Hatzvisa, the place where you hand it. Rabbi Asi Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Malcolm Shinikiyadatsovin. He has a different thing. It's right. It's a root of like Tzadik Beis Ein or Tzadik Beitas. It means a Nikiyadatsovin is what dipping. Tzovin means dipping. What does that mean? The word of the Nikiyadas. So sometimes it's like this. Uh, I used my coffee just yesterday. Dan was looking at my cup. It had had coffee in it. When I finished coffee, I poured water in it. And he went, ew, that's, that's really gross. There's residue of coffee in your water. What's the difference? It's fine. It tastes like water. It's clean. I drank the coffee. I drank the water. Not everybody would be willing to do that. They would have separate khalids. So this is what the dipping is. You have your, right, you have your water and your dips, and you have everything separated. So this is the lower compartment where you pull it out and you put the dips in, and never the twain shall meet. You're keeping everything completely clean. So that's what's called Nikiye Hadas, the fine schmeckers. They're, they're not going to drink water out of a cup that they just drank coffee from. That's the Beisat Visa. okay? But again, the whole point of it is, it's different compartments of the same Kli. So for Truma, you could tell her one and not the other. For, for Kodesh, they're all one, okay? And related... Brisa to that effect. Tani Rabbi Kamei Rav Nachman Kol Akelim Ein Leim Acharayim B'Toch Achar Echad Kachei Hamikdash Echad Kachei Hagvul. That that again, whether it's Kachei Hamikdash or Kachei Gvul, there's no distinction. Once a kli is tamei, it's tamei. It doesn't matter whether it is what inside or outside. Now, now we're going to hit up this idea. What is this Kachei Gvul? What is this phrase? Amalei Kachei Gvul My New. Rav Nachman said to Rav Bibi, What do we mean by Kachei Gvul? Vatnan. Well, let's see. We. <laughs> the, first, the, the, the thing it sounds like the most is Kachim means Yerushalayim Gvulim we usually means within the confines of Eretz Yisrael there are certainly plenty of things that apply like for example uh, something very relevant to us Kachim right you have to eat within the confines of the Beis Shin Yerushalayim and Truma you eat Gvulim so could be it's referring to that so it says the Gemara but we learned in our very Mishnah that the Acharayim and Tocha Beis um, can in fact be separated with respect to truma, right? You treat them as separate areas of the kli. Ha <laughs> ha, interesting, right? So we see that that in fact was the Havamina. He thought kachay agvul meant truma. Well, if that's true, so then that's not the, that, that's right, a contradiction because we just said that Einlehem, that we don't separate out the different parts with regards to kachay agvul. So that cannot be what kachay agvul means. It can't mean what I just said it was, which is kachay agvul meaning all of Eretz Yisrael, right? So, that's Akasha. So there we say, no. Oh, let's go back to that hawk. Remember these guys? The Chulin that we treated with such tremendous, uh, right, purity that we treated them as if they were Hektesh? So that would be a fascinating idea. We treat it like it's Hektesh, and therefore what? We, tr- we are so careful that if some, that we, that we don't allow, even if it's Tame in one area, we treat it like Hektesh as if it was Tame the entire Kli. And yet, it is, in fact, chulin in its essence, and therefore certainly chulin that is treated like hektesh should be able to be eaten anywhere, because after all, 
like their chulin dressed up as hekdesh. So yes, true, we treat it with the chumras, and we'll say that we'll treat the whole kli as if it's tamay. But at the end of the day, you could eat that whenever you want. It's just chulin after all, right? In other words, treating with, hek- with respect to hekdesh, just to, just to fine-tune it, means that you're, with regards to how careful you are with it, with respect to protecting it from tumah. So for that, we're going to treat it like the entire kli. But as far as, like, where you're going to eat it, that has nothing to do with tumah. You could eat it, really, technically anywhere. So, ad kartan Yeah, you reminded me of something that Rabbi Barabuna said. This is cool. You know what? This is how big the gedolim are. They remember every little detail. So one time, Rabbi Barabuna said the following. Circling it all back to our Mishnah. That there were 11 differences between Hekdash and Truma. Right? This is within Shittas Rava, not Rabbi Lai, right? First six were between Kodesh and Chulin, Achronos Lakodesh. Remember we said this? That when we said that the first six and this last five were different, we said the first six had like their Raisa considerations, and therefore they would not only apply to Kodesh, but also to Chulin that's treated like Kodesh. Remember when we said that? Whereas last five was like fundamentally Darabanan, and therefore would only apply to Kodesh itself. Oh, so now circling it all back, putting it all together. Right? As we said, that the last five, like we just said, is only for Kodesh Mamish. So it all fits together. Why? Because it has the din of Hekdesh. Again, this idea of the Makomat Tzvisa was what? It was with, it was in the first six. And now that we said the Makomat Tzvisa is the first six, we know that that halacha applies not just to Kodesh, but to Chulin Shinasu. Right, Chulun that Nasu Altaras Hakodesh. Well, if that's the case, then it also has the din of Hekdesh, but can be eaten outside of Yerushalayim, Betara. And therefore, when we said Rigvulin, we, that's exactly what we meant. And it all fits together with our perception of what the first six and the last five cases in our Mishnah represented. Whew! Barry, we picked this sugya apart. Okay, that's great. All right, we picked up all the molecules. All right, moving on. As we arrive at Chavkim Alam Aleph, I'll say the worst dad joke. You know why you don't trust atoms? Because we're picking apart like a molecule? Because they make up everything. <laughs> okay. Hanois says, Samedris, Hanois says, Hatruma. Okay, two dots, three lines up from the bottom. Chavizim and base. Okay, what do we say? A person who's carrying Tumas Medris, let's say you have uh, the, the basketball sneaker of a Zav. That's a Tumas Medris because it supports him. You have that in one hand. In the other hand, you have a truma shawarma. You can't just walk onto the basketball court holding the basketball sneaker of a zav and a truma on the other hand. Uh, you can if it's truma, but not if it's kodesh, right? For truma, you're not going to make the truma tame, but kodesh, just by holding right the zav sneaker in one hand, it's going to make the, the kodesh on the other hand tame. The Gemara explains. Kodesh, my time alone. Why is that a problem? Something once happened. And that caused this As we arrive at and turn on the afterburners. So, a guy was moving a barrel of wine that was hectic from place to place. All of a sudden, he popped a ritzua on his shoe. So, he has nothing to, he can't put it anywhere. He doesn't have pockets in his toga, because that's what they wore those days. So, he puts it on top of the barrel. Sure enough, this tame sneaker, Ends up in the airspace of the barrel of a nit base. Boom. The whole barrel becomes tummy. So then they made a takana. 
you know what? This barrel happened to have been truma. The truma was tame. We're not letting you do that anymore. If your sneaker becomes tame, just leave it there. Otherwise, or put down either the sneaker or the barrel. Because if we're letting you hold both, it's too dangerous. You're going to put one on top of the other. You're going to make it tame. Well, the obvious question is, what is it? Okay, so it happened with truma. It could happen with hektish too. Like, why are we making this takana for hektish? I'm sorry, the case was when it happened with hektish. The problem is, this could happen with truma too, right? Tuma Zav is Metame Truma just as well. So what's the issue? Ihachi, Truma Nami asks the Gemara. And says the Gemara, Hamani Rebchanan Ben Kavyahi. Yeah. That Mishnah, the town of the Mishnah is Rebchanan Ben Kavah. Wow. Our Mishnah, which, which says that that Takana is restricted to cases of Truma, of Kekdesh, I'm sorry. Our Mishnah, which says that our Takana is restricted to cases of Hekdesh and not to Truma, is Rebchanan Ben Kavya. You might remember Rebchanan Ben Kavya. What was the case? And you remember Shabbos, Taf Samech Amin Beis? I'll try to jog your memory. There was an incident with the Efer Parah Aduma. Remember we had these little vials of the Efer Parah Aduma? And we had like the reeds, and the reeds had like, and, and we had like the mechanism, it was almost like test tubes with Efer Parah Aduma, and there was a boat that was traveling on the Yardane, and there was an incident with the whole thing, basically got tummy. it was not a good situation. They found pieces of, of, uh, of death flesh, on the, on the boat and the whole thing. I mean, that's a big deal. You go find another paraduma is not an easy thing. That's a big loss. So they made a takana. There was a machlokas there. It's really, um, it's really a Mishnah, not in Shabbos or here. It's a Mishnah in para, but I think, but, um, the Mishnah basically describes that incident. Um, and in that incident, uh, basically there was a machlokas about, okay, we're never going to do this again, but what does never again mean? Does it mean we're never going to use a boat in the Yardane specifically? That was Chananya bin Akava. He does not take the Takana outside of where it happened. So here with the barrel, it happened in the case of Hekdesh. And therefore, we leave it that only Hekdesh, it's going to, we're going to have the Takana of the one hand with the sandal and the other hand with the barrel. But we're not going to extend it to Truma. That's the point. And that's what happened over there in Shabbat Samach Beis, where they were saying, are we going to say that just a, a boat on the Yardane is an issue? Or maybe even a wagon? In the middle of Kavish Echad. You know what I mean? Like, is it every mode of transportation or is it just a boat? Is it every place or just the Yardin? That's the question as we see inside now. The Amar. Lo Astru El of Isfina. Right? We only disallowed carrying Chatas water and Chatas ashes on a Jordan, and the Yardin and the Sfina. That's how the incident occurred. Okay, we're going to explain what the incident was as follows. Mahi, what was the question? What was the statement? Tanya. Lo Chatas Right? The question is, do you carry the mechatas or the chatas ashes via virein biyardin of isfina? Then you cannot, right, do it biyardin of isfina, below yamad betzad zevis or kem letzad acher. Nor can you stand on one side of the river and throw them across the other side. Well, these are all takanas to protect the afer para, Andrew. We don't, we cannot take a chance that it's going to become tummy. We need to bring it safely all the way to the base of mikdash. Okay. Velo yishitem al You can't float them across the water. Velo yir don't go on an animal. Don't go with your friend. Ella imken ayu raglov nogos bakarka. You ever hear that? Right? You need to have your feet on the ground. In other words, we're so careful with the mechatas and the afer chatas paraduma that the tanakama here says that what you need to do is walk over, right? You have to walk it with your, by foot. Okay? We are as careful as we possibly could be. Okay, if there's a bridge, we're not going to say, oh, this bridge is going over troubled waters, and therefore we're not going to, 
even allow going over a bridge. We trust the bridge, that's firm enough. As long as you're on foot, you're okay. That was the takana. I always will get the nod from Andrew when I make references to 70s music. Right? So there they said, but we don't care whether it's a Yardane, even though that's where the incident happened, or it could be the Mississippi River. Do not travel, travel on the, um, on the uh, rivers. Why does it not mention airplanes, Andrew? Because that would be an anachronism. They didn't have them then. But what would they say about air travel? Probably not. If they're not allowing a wagon, they're not allow- they want you to walk on foot. Hanani ben Kavya, however, said, no, just be Yardin and Misfino. It has to be exactly like the incident. And that incident is what we do. Right? That's what's us, sir. <laughs> it's like TSA. They make you take off your shoes because once a guy had a thing in a shoe. And therefore, the next guy is, of course, he's going to have it only in a shoe because they're so smart. They're going to outsmart him next time. So Hanani ben Kavya, the Havdil is saying, yeah, it's going to happen in the Yardin and Misfino. Well, we can figure out what the story was, right? But let's see it inside. That was the case, right? It was on the Yardane, and he had it. He had the goods. But he was walking, he was on a boat on the Yardane. Uh-oh. There was, they made an announcement over the loudspeaker that there's a kazais of a mace on board. That made everything tamay. So they made a gazera never again. Okay, so Ibailahu. Regarding that ruling, sandal tamay, sandal tahar mau. In other words, we make a gazera. But maybe we should make a gazera on all shoes. Like, once we're not letting you carry a sandal of a zav, maybe just don't carry shoes. And, and, uh, and, and Kodesh at the same time. So the Gemara, Chavis Psucha, or, and, and similarly, in addition to that, Chavis Psucha, Chavis Tumamau, right? The original case was an open barrel of Hektesh and a, and a sneaker of a Zav. Well, so now we're going to make a Gezerah. That you can't do. Well, sometimes you can extend the Gezerah. Even if the Gezerah, even if the sneaker is okay, well, it's not going to be Matame anything, but once you get into the habit of carrying sneakers in one hand and barrel in the other, maybe you'll carry the sneaker of a Zav. So maybe we should make like a Gezerah, a Gezerah, so to speak, and expand it to Tahar sneakers or to closed barrels or other Vinasamau. What if you, what would be the Alacha? This is a different question. Okay, you're not allowed to carry the sneaker and the barrel in two separate hands at the same time. But what if you did it? Are we going to say that the hektesh is tame? So we law amar im avar venasa tame. Yeah, the hektesh becomes tame. Rizeimar amar avar nasatar. Rizeimar disagreed, right? And he says, amazingly, all of this is just that you're not allowed lechatchila. In other words, it's still a difference in chomer between hektesh and truma. Truma, you're allowed to carry it. Hektesh, you're not. Right? But that's just like Achila, you're not allowed to carry it. But if you did, in fact, carry a sandal in one end and Hektish in the other, um, it's usr, so to speak. You violated our Gezerah, but you did not tumit mitame the barrel. Good. Two dots. Kalim and Igmar and Batara. Halfway down. The Gamrin and Man. Uh, wait a minute. Who manufactures these Kalim? Remember we said that if you have a completely tohar situation and if it's a clea that you're going to use for truma, it's fine because it was never tame. But if it's a clea for hektesh, then we don't care. There was a full, right, the Carfax on this thing are that it was fully tahar all the way from the beginning of manufacturing. It doesn't matter. We dunk it anyway if it's for hektesh. That's the distinction between hektesh and truma. So says the Gemara, Gamrinu Mao. Wait a minute. Who was the manufacturer? Ilayim the Gamrinu Chaver. If it was like a from manufacturer, the Lamalut Vila, why are we dunking it? 
uh, I would have said, because we're always dunking Hekdesh, even if we know it's Tahar. But we're saying there is no point. It has to be, it was an Amaretz um, manufacturer. So wait a minute. Nigmar in Batara Karilu? So if it's an Amaretz, we don't trust it. So we don't know that it's Batara, so why are we calling it that? So Amaraba Barshila, Amaramatna Mishmuel, Olam the Gamino Khaver. No, it was from manufacturer. The reason we're dunking it is because we think maybe some of the workers are Amaretz and some of their spaddle, spittle got onto this and therefore we can't trust that spittle and therefore we think that it's, uh, we have to dunk it. Well, okay, Dunafal Amos. Well, when did the spittle fall on the Kli? If you say that it's before the Kli was completed, well, guess what? A Kli that's incomplete is not yet Mikabal Tuma, right? It has to be Mukshil Mikabal Tuma and that, that only happens once it's considered a full-fledged Kli. So if the spittle is on the Kli, Barry, do you know where this is going? This should be obvious. The spittle got on it before it's complete. So it's not tummy yet, but it's still going to be wet when it is complete and therefore it's going to retroactively become tummy. Get it? Let's see it inside. Because we saw this before already uh, with the women that were, that were sewing. So first of all, we're saying it's not yet a mana. It's not considered a vessel before it's complete and therefore it's not going to be a mana. So maybe you say the spittle came on after. Well, once it's a clear already, everyone's going to be careful, and therefore we're not concerned that the spittle will get on it then. Says the Gemara, no, here's the case. The spittle of the Amaharites that's considered Tomei got on the clay before it was complete. And what we're concerned uh, is that after we completed the formation of the clay, the spittle will still be moist on it, and it'll still have the power in its moisture to be matama the kli, and therefore that is why we dunk it even in hektesh. Well, wait a minute. We're going to get to it. But the question is, right, in other words, that could be true of truma also, but the takana here is only by hektesh. The question now is, tevila in, herav shemesh lo? Well, let's do full, full-fledged. If you're saying tevila, then why don't we have to wait for nightfall? That's what we usually have to do when we are matar each other. So, maslisin yezer. Yeah, that's because our Mishnah doesn't hold like Rebbe because this is the Mishnah that was in para. I don't remember where that story was. I mean, I know it was on Shabbos, Samacham and Beis, but I was referring to this Mishnah and Parah as follows. Shofar Shachas Chalachatas. Because this is also, we saw this in Shabbos also. You had the reed of the tube that, that was cut for putting Chatas. Remember, again, we were talking about these reeds all over in Masech Shabbos in a different context. And becoming a Kli, being a Tumah. Okay, so that's a reed. You cut it in order to what? To make like the makeshift test tube for the for the ashes of the chatas. Rabbi Yezer Omer Yitbo Miyad. And Rabbi Shu Omer Yitma Ve'achakak Yitbo. An unbelievable thing. Do you remember this, guys? This was the first staff in Yuma. Remember uh, the coin that's Sorif et Apara? Remember that we said that there was a quarantine for, you may not recall this. This, this was an unbelievable thing. We quarantined the Kohen Gadol, right? In, in, in preparation for Yom Kippur, right? We also have the coin that's sorry for Sapar, he also gets a quarantine. But he has an unbelievable thing. We were mitame him on purpose at the end of his quarantine so that he could be a Tvul Yom. Why do we want him to be a Tvul Yom when he does the, the sprinkling procedure at the end of the, of the Mechatas? Because we hold that you're allowed to be a Tvul Yom. That, because that's only Shani, and that Dirabanan held was okay because of the way that they interpreted the Pasuk. That Tvul Yom can handle this, this Eifer Chatas. Well, but yeah, but why make him, why, uh, Tamei Sheretz Lechatchila? What is this about? 
It's about sticking it to the tzedukim. That's what it's about, Andrew. Because the tzedukim held that he's not allowed to be a tzvul yom. So uh, amazingly, we intentionally were matame him with the sheretz so that he could be a tzvul yom because that's what we hold. Wow. So that was astonishing when we learned in Yuma. It's astonishing still. And it applies to us. Why? Because that was the machlokas. That's what it means. We purposely make not just the person, but the reed that holds the afer ha paraduma. We make a tummy on purpose. And again, Vavinamba. We asked in the discussion about that Mishnah. Always, when was the tube cut? Right? So you might recall we had the same discussion that we just had there. And now it's just cut and paste. If you're saying that the Chavar cut it so he doesn't need to be toveled because it's tar. The Ella, the Chat Chamaaretz has to be, well, if a Chat Chamaaretz cut it, then of course, uh, that can't be the case because then of course it's Tame. So Baha'u Leymah Rabbi Yeshua, Yitame V'yitbal. Why would Rabbi Yeshua would say Yitame V'yitbal? In other words, if an Amaharetz cut it, then it's already Tame. Rabbi Yeshua doesn't have to go through the procedure of being Matame. So we say, no, right? Hatame Vakai. It already is Tame because Amaharetz cut it. No, the reason why Rabbi Yeshua says that you have to be Matame is because a Chaver cut it. And it's the spittle. And then we ask the same question. Well, when was the spittle on this reed? If it was before you cut it, at that time it was not yet considered a clean, and therefore it wasn't a kabbal tumah, and therefore the spittle doesn't matter. It has to be after he cut it. But if that's the case, it can't be either, because he would have been so careful that the spittle will never get on in the first place. So, it has to be that the spittle got on there before it was cut, while before it was a clean. And this concern is, that before, right, when we cut it, um, and it finally became a kli, the pre-kli spittle was still moist, and therefore that's what being metameyit. So we, Bishlam of the Rabbi Shua, all of that makes sense only to Rabbi Shua, who's going to make you what? Be metameyit. Hainu di'ika kerel tzedukin. Because then, it's going to be a hecker for the tzedukin. Because again, it's not, we learned the Mishnah and para, metamin hayu ha'koin asorif para. There he is. Right, we learned it and we brought it up again in the very first staff of Yuma that we purposely were metame the coin surface apara lahoitzi miliban shel tzdukin to stick it to stick it to the tzdukin shayomer b'marve shemesh arsenases because they held that you could be performed by kohanim who were just tame even if they if they already experienced only once they experienced the hair of shemesh we held that even before hair of shemesh when you're what is called a tvul yom. He who is already dunked but is waiting for the hair of Shemesh, it's still allowed. And therefore, we purposely made him tummy to demonstrate that. El Rabbi Yazer, so but according to Rabbi Yazer, who says that it, we don't contaminate it deliberately, he owned Bishlam Baal being an Arab Shemesh. So wait a minute. So wait, if you need Arab Shemesh, then it's a Heker Tzdukin. In other words, a Heker, right, requires a change in policy. And therefore, if it's not Tameh, then there is, if it's already Tameh, then there is no change in policy. So it has to be the Rebbe Ezra hold that in the, in the state of Tara, you, you require both Erev Shemesh and for it to be uh, Tahar. That's why we said that our Mishnah is not like Rebbe Ezra. So now we say, Amar Rav, the only reason I'm saying it now, it's 610, is because now we turn to Chavkin Lama Beis. We say, Asuk Tmei Sheretz. The, the Rebbe made it like a Tmei Shemetz. And Rashi explains that it's the top Rashi, the Hilchach, it still doesn't need a Arab Shemesh, and it's still a Heker. And so, I got you, Chavkim and Bez. You see, it's very short, Andrew. It'll take you five minutes. Everybody have a good Chodesh and a good Shabbos.